You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Houston, we have a podcast. You're listening to the Premier Rockets podcast. It's H-Town Hoops. Hosted by Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. That's right. It is the H-Town Hoops podcast. We're Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. And we have got to react to the news of the Houston Rockets agreeing to sign Fred Van Vliet, veteran point guard, championship point guard with the Toronto Raptors. We understood Fred Van Vliet to be, if not the number one free agent target, certainly among them. Uh, or among the top and i think it's it's safe to say that this was their number one free agent target knowing what we know now but it's a three-year deal worth 130 million dollars fred van vliet you gotta assume is the point guard of the moment for the houston rockets uh we've talked about this quite a bit the possibility of it happened now we have the reality of it happen uh here with adam spillane man we were on i guess as this as the wheels were turning a little bit doing a show with kprc2 a, a live draft show and then not too long after that we finally get the dues what's your immediate reaction to fred van vliet becoming a rocket it's it, it's a big day like it, it, they needed they needed this they needed to make this happen um like you said i, I don't know if he was there the, the number one target on their list but he should have been and it's a position of need uh, they fill a they fill a huge position of need uh, with this, and he is a guy who we've talked about. They need a point guard. They need an adult in the room. He checks both of those boxes. Um, obviously, the, there's some sticker shock with this, and I think that everything you heard was that they were just going to do two years. But it, obviously, it became apparent that they were going to need to go to three, and that's what happens in free agency. Sometimes you have to overpay. That's how this works. But who cares? You know. You get a player that's going to help you right away. You want to be better next year. I don't, you know, I don't know if this is going to make them good, but it's going to make them better. And that's what this is about. This is about winning games and putting your young players in a position to play basketball games that actually matter in the spring. And this helps get them there. Does it put them over the top? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But you just have to live with it. And and it's not like he's going to be 34, 35 years old in the final year of this deal. He'll be what? 31 32 like that's not that's not a big deal you'll be okay so uh, I, I get the sticker shock with it but that's the cost of doing business in free agency when you're touting your cap space you have to use the cap space at some point and it means you're going to wind up overpaying for people yeah just to speak on the sticker shock point I, I think that it's just important to keep in mind and this is one thing i've been trying to impress upon people who have reacted to the news and who i've interacted with so far on social media you just got to understand and, and you tell me if i say anything wrong here but the way I, that i've understood it the way i've looked at it and especially since we've talked about it over the last however many weeks we've been talking about free agency the rockets had money to spend 
they needed to make the team better by doing this they have they are spending money and making the team better and with the free agent market it just dictated with it not being the strongest free agent market that you've ever seen in your life and, and even particularly a point guard but just in general the market dictated that some guys were going to get overpaid and that some teams if they were serious about getting better which we believe the rockets to be they were going to have to pay they were going to have to overpay for some of those guys that were clearly going to be overpaid this was a this was sort of a a, a market thing something that the market dictated i think more so than just oh is is fred van vliet in a vacuum worth 43 million dollars a year or anything like that like that's not that's not really the question like the answer is yes because that's what the market dictated but are you serious about getting better and are you serious about using this money that you have to do so and the answer i think by by this signing is objectively and unequivocally yes 100 it's as simple as that and in a vacuum he is not a hundred and you know he's not a 42 43 million dollar player you know whatever the aav turns out to be but who cares again it it does not matter you are you you look at the market that was out there he is probably i don't think i mean you tell me if this is wrong of all the free agents who are under 30 years old he's probably the best one that was on the market I mean, you look at the top guys on the market, it's Harden, who was going to be 34 in August. It's Kyrie Irving, who's going to be, who's I think, 30, 31 years old at this point. And then you get to Van Vliet, who's 29. So not only do you get one of the best guys on the market, you get the best guy who's under 30 on the market. So that matters. So he's still in the prime of his career at this point. And again, he fills a position of need. That's a, been a huge, huge weakness for them the last three years as point guard. You take care of that. You have a guy who the rest of your guards and really the rest of your team can learn from. He's won at a high level. He was a big part of a championship team just four years ago. Uh, he was more of a, he was, you know, he, he won a championship essentially as a reserve back then, but he's only gotten better as his role has expanded in Toronto and he's become an all-star. So you just signed a 29-year-old all-star who has won a championship in his career to a team that has won 59 games over the last three seasons. Take it. Take take that advancement. Take take the uh, take the addition of talent and be happy with it because it's going to make you a better basketball team moving forward. And being a better basketball team next year is only going to help the 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds that you already have on your roster. Yeah, Adam, and he had a, I mean, he averaged a season high seven, I think it was 7.2 assists per game last year. That was, or I should no say, a career, I, I said season high, I meant to say a career high of 7.2 assists a game last year. You mentioned the turnover. He's not a turnover machine. Um, the three point shooting was down a little bit last year, but he's a career 37% three point shooter. You mentioned him being an all star. He's averaged almost just under 20 points, so 19, a little over 19 points a game over the last three years. And then think about it. You talked about the, the point guard fit. He's a natural point guard, an experienced point guard, and a winning point guard, which I think has to account for something. Like, you're such a desperate need for that, and you're addressing that. That has to count for something. Like, even if you just put the money aside, if you're a Rockets fan, you should be ecstatic about bringing somebody in like that. But then, on, on you know, on top of it, you know, the 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 fact of, you know, we talk about the Rockets not shooting the ball well or having a point guard. Let's just spell it out, Adam. They were last 
in both categories, okay, in the NBA last year, in both three-point shooting percentage and assists per game. You have a guy who is a decent three-point shooter and average 7.2 assists per game and is a and is an actual point guard, not just his assists, but can help you orchestrate and organize your offense. So so to me, that's the upside of it. That's a part I think people are forgetting. They're just looking at Fred Van Vliet and, oh, you know, who cares if you made an all-star? He's not a superstar. Why would you pay that guy $100-plus plus million That's beside the point. And you've said this already. Who cares? Not just who cares. Even if you do care, it's beside the point. Care, but try to care less, I would say, and try not to see the forest for the tree. That's what I feel like this is, is getting caught up in, in the quote-unquote overpay for Fred Van Vliet especially if you've got the Rockets' best interest at heart. Getting caught up with the overpay for Fred Van Vliet, to me, is seeing the forest for the trees or not seeing the forest for the trees. And they have to spend the money because, you know, there's a salary floor in the league. So you have to spend that money eventually. And you can try and break that money up if you want. But, you know, whatever. So so you have to pay a guy for an extra year. Again, $45 million, a $45 million contract for the last year of that of that deal when he'll be 31 entering training camp is going to look a whole lot, you know, 45 million today and 45 million in two years is going to be completely different in the NBA with the way that the cap just continues to go up. So the cap will go up next year. The cap will go up the year after that. So the 45 million won't be the same. It, this to me, it is an absolute no brainer to make this kind of a deal. He can play on the ball. You talked about the three point shooting. He can play off the ball. He has been in big games. Um, when Toronto won the uh, the finals in 2019, Kawhi Leonard was obviously finals MVP. He was not a unanimous winner for finals MVP in 2019. Fred Van Vliet got a vote. And Fred Van Vliet in the finals against Golden State, 32 minutes coming off the bench. He shot 40% from three. He's averaging 14 points. Like He was terrific in the biggest games of his career. Um, so I, I don't really get why people would be, like, if it's just about the last year, who, again, who cares about the last year? There are ways if they that to me, that 45 million in the last year is a pretty tradable contract. Yeah, because, I, I, I wanted you to get into it. that's the next yeah. thing I was exactly going to ask you about. So explain why you said that on Twitter. You got some reaction to it, but we'll sort of explain why that is. Um, it's it's let, let's say they want to try and make some sort of a trade, a big trade to add somebody. And they want to use some of the picks that they've already, you know, that some of their future picks having that $45 million contract. It, it's a nice little nugget to have because you had to try and make the money work. So you can use that in order to make a trade. And a $45 million expiring contract is not the hardest thing to get off of, especially when the guy is 31 and he can still play like, this isn't a guy who's going to be 35 and just on the downside of his career. He'll be 31 looking for one more contract. So he'll still be motivated to play at, a, at an incredibly high level. So I, I think it's a contract that ages well uh, moving forward. Uh, I, I think as a team, if you're the Rockets, you hope that he can kind of get you through these next two years. And then once you get into year three, uh, if Amen Thompson is ready to take over that point guard position, then you can play Van Vliet off the ball a little bit more if you want to keep him, or you can look to move him to another team and try and fill another hole on, on your roster. And again, the hope is that at 31, he'll still be a very good player in this league. And there's no reason to think that he won't age well because of just some of the skills that he possesses. He's not a guy who is 
making his money based on size or athleticism or anything like that. He has traits that are going to age pretty well, I think, in today's league. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, man, I don't get being weary on a below the rim. We're talking about a below the rim, skilled basketball player who, as we've mentioned already, can just overall help you raise your floor. Uh, and that's that's really, I think, the goal is to be or is to find floor raisers. That's the important part of this season and, and this phase, if you will, of the Rockets rebuild and as they move on. So, uh, so yeah, I, I am, I think that this is a good deal for the Rockets and like the, back to your point of like, who cares, who cares if he gets $45 million in the last year or whatever it is. It's not like your he, money. It's yeah, not my it's, money. It's not yours. And, and it's not going to hurt them. Like the only way to care if you wanted to care is if it was going to hurt the team in some kind of way, in some sort of significant way of team building. This was money they had to spend. You know what I mean? Like it's not like they went and 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 put this on a credit card and the bill's gonna be due and all of this other kind of stuff. No, they they've got this money. They've they've literally got this money to spend. Now that last year's gonna be tricky because it'll be extension time, right? Like, won't that be extension time for Jalen Green and Alper and Shingoon? Yes. But, but then that's when you make you can make those decisions two years from now. Like what you want to know is under a sensible organized structure with actual winning basketball players what can Jalen green and alpern shagoon give you in years three and four that's the question that you're going to try to find out in these first two years of the fred van vliet deal and by that by the time that third year of the fred van vliet deal comes about you should have a reasonable sense for what you've got both in your young guys and in fred van vliet like like to me, that's a that's a decision that you can look at and that can be made further down the road. And as you painted it out or as you pointed out, that's a tradable contract. How many times have we already seen this with teams getting off bad contracts, unloading, unloading salary, you know, just to make just to kind of make the numbers work for what, you know, for whatever the other team needed? Like, it's not like we haven't seen this. And he, and he would be an even better candidate for it as a younger player. And if you have to give up a pick in order to get off the contract, then you have to give up a pick in order to get off the contract. It's not the end of the world. The Lakers got off Russell Westbrook and they traded a an un they they traded a protected first round pick. And if it doesn't convey, poof, it you know it, it's over. So it's not the biggest risk in the world. And here's the other aspect of it: the Rockets weren't going to have cap space in all likelihood in two years, anyways, because what Jalen Green could have, and the same thing with Shingun they could wind up having outstanding years next year. And so what happens? 
you sign those guys to extensions the year before their rookie contracts are up. So that cap space at that point is gone. There is a very good chance that Jalen Green gets his rookie extension after his third year. So there goes the cap space right there. So that's why the ca- you can't just like ro- keep rolling over cap space. So um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Not having the flexibility after the second year, in all likelihood, they weren't going to have any flexibility anyways. And once you're over the cap, especially for the situation that they're in, once you're over the cap, you're not getting back under it for a long, long time. So if anything, I would almost rather have Van Vliet under contract for that third year where you could use that contract to in a trade for somebody else than just not have him on your books. If, if that makes sense, because if he, you know, if he's a free agent in two years um, and that money's off your books, it, it still doesn't, in, in all likelihood, you're not going to have enough space in order to sign another max guy to replace him. Because in all likelihood, Jalen Green will have already gotten his rookie extension and there goes the cap space. And they're yeah. going to sign, you know, they're going to sign. So you have, you just have to strike when you can. And the other aspect of this is we, we've been talking about point guard for them for months, it seems. And the point guards that were left or the point guards that are available right now, the best options are D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and um, Io DeSumo. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I would much rather have Fred Van Vliet. I don't care what the contract is. Fred Van Vliet is going to help you win games more than those other, more than the other four guys that I just mentioned. So to me, this whole thing is a no brainer and the the complaining about it is just kind of bizarre. I I don't, I don't know when you have the 60 something million in cap space, you're not going to get a whole lot of value to get the the guys that you're actually targeting. That's just not how this works. And if, especially when you are trying to get this guy away from another team, and it was pretty clear Toronto was willing to go a certain route in order to try and keep him. Well, if you're going to take him away from Toronto, you have to go over the top. That's just how the market works. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, 100%. And it also raises an interesting question in terms of the Rockets' roster construction because you mentioned the need for point guard. They have had Kevin Porter Jr. playing point guard over the last couple of years. He's gotten better at it, but it's just not his natural position. He could probably do other things a lot better, such as playing off the ball, utilizing them more in catch-and-shoot situations. And then also, he's a guy who could probably lead a second unit. Like, he's probably a guy that could come in and give you a spark. We've talked about this plenty on the podcast before. He's somebody that can come in, give you a spark off the bench, both leading the second unit, scoring for the second unit. Like, he can be 
a very interesting spark plug X factor type of player uh, if utilized correctly. So the question is, though, because, you know, we heard M.A. Udoka talking about how jobs won't be given to guys to, to young guys the way that they were in previous years. Well, Kevin Porter Jr. was a young guy who was sort of, and I don't think I don't think that's necessarily the the one that we're highlighting there when we're talking about giving away jobs, but he does count, I think, here in terms of the Rockets wanting to do this experiment with him at point guard. And he was kind of just given that job because they wanted to do that experiment. And so over the last couple of years now, and then especially last year, KPJ's been anointed a little bit. He was their best player last year. And has been their point guard the last two years. And so it's interesting to see them bring in a point guard and draft a point guard within, you know, an eight day span or so. And so what all of this means for KPJ is interesting. What his reaction is going to be to it is going to be interesting and how they move with him going forward, whether that be either of the things that I mentioned, putting him on the wing, bringing him off the bench or moving on from him. What do you think about it? How do you think this plays out for KPJ? What's the what's the best way for the Rockets to utilize KPJ either as a player or as an asset? I think that this will wind up being the best thing for Kevin Porter Jr. throughout over the course of his Rockets career. I don't know if he's going to see it that way right now. And he was, you know, this was something that he got asked about. It was Cody Davis who asked him about maybe playing more off the ball in the future. And he didn't take to that question. He wasn't real happy about that question. And he kind of made it clear, no, I'm a point guard. They brought me here to be a point guard. I am the point guard of the Houston Rockets. Now, we'll see again how he handles now that he's probably not going to be the starting point guard for the Houston Rockets because they just gave a guy $130 million to do that role. But if you can sell him on this being good for him moving forward, because like you said, I think that he could absolutely dominate second units. I mean, he is... He is a strong, physical guy who can get to the rim. Um, he can he can pass the ball um, once he does get into the paint. Uh, he can so that right there makes him very difficult to stop against opposing second units. And then he can he can easily be on the floor with that starting group if it's Van Vliet at point guard because he is one of the better catch and shoot guys in the entire league. It's just not something that he's done a whole lot of because he's had the ball in his hands so much and he's big enough and strong enough to where he can play the wing and he can defend wings, I think at a high level. So if you can sell him on that and understand and make sure that he knows, Hey, we might've brought this point guard in, but we still feel like you are an important part of our future. You hope that he gets that message and you hope that he takes this whole thing the right way. That's one thing that'll be, I think, one of the first things that you ask Rafael Stone uh, whenever Fred Van Vliet gets introduced. It's going to be, what does this mean for Kevin Porter Jr. moving forward? Because obviously that's the big domino in this whole thing is um, what does it mean for his future? Again, I think it's going to help him. I think it'll be good for him. I think it'll put him in a better uh, position to succeed with the Rockets moving forward. Just the thing is, is that something that he understands at this point? Yeah, and I hope it is because I agree with you. I, I want to see Kevin Porter Jr. succeed because I do think he deserves a lot of credit for the improvements that he's made and the way that he's handled becoming the point guard over the last couple of years. He was their best player last year. And so the thing that I would hate to see, honestly, Adam, would be this be the the reason why 
there's a tailspin or this be the reason why they go backwards with Fred Van Bleet develop. Or I'm sorry, with with Kevin Porter Jr. developmentally, you know, like he's made strides as a player. I think the Rockets have done a pretty good job of supporting him personally, uh, just just being in his corner and everything. Like, I hope all of that sort of manifests itself in this shift in role and shift in responsibility, because, you know, you and I are singing the same tune here. He can thrive in this role. He can straight up thrive in this role. Like I like much better the idea. And I think it's just better for the Rockets. The idea of Fred Van Vliet kind of setting up your offense and being available to shoot, you know, because he can shoot as well. And then you're letting your shot creators or your shot makers at least be Jalen Green. Um, you've got Alperin Shingoon that's going to do some facilitating and doing do some creating more than likely. Um you know, in the high post at the elbow and in different, you know, in different, uh, in different, I, I'm very interested to see how Ime Udoka views Shangun and how he wants to use him. And we'll see how free agency plays out in terms of what they do with bigs, right? Because that's another thing that they need to need to address. So we'll see how that plays out. But just in terms of the domino effect of Fred Van Bleet, I'm really thinking that the guards, the other guards, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, the guys on the wing, they will, I think, get better shots. I think it will be, again, we talked about this. Their overall basketball intelligence increases. Their shot making increases. And so to me, not only is Fred Van Vliet in a vacuum, a, a, a really good addition to your team, but he, I think, I think makes the other guys around him better. But if, if for no reason, if for no other reason, just for the, the function of what he's going to be you know, your, your point guard, the addressing that need that you had. So, I, you know, I, I see this being a, a positive effect, just like you uh, on the rest of the guys. Yeah. And so many of his strengths are just huge weaknesses that they've had. Yeah. The turnovers, they have been a horrific defensive team the last couple of years. A lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of it has just been the transition defense. Why is their transition defense so bad? Because they turn the ball over more than anybody else. So now you're putting yourself in a position where you're just having to scramble back in transition. Um, offensively, they have been aimless way too much because they have a bunch of guys running the running the offense who don't know how to run an offense at this point. That's not the case now. Now they have a guy who actually knows how to run the offense. And on the Porter thing, I, I would hope that there has been some communication between Rafael Stone and Ime Udoka with him because he's been around. You know, it's not like he has not been around the team. He was the one player who was at Udoka's press conference a couple of months ago. So I would imagine at some point they sat him down and, and because we've all we've known that they've wanted to get a point guard now since December. So I would hope that they have sat him down and, and kind of explained to him their thinking and their rationale behind this and how they view his role moving forward. Because again, they gave him the contract um, last September, knowing that they were probably going to be in the market for a point guard because James Harden was available. And, and as soon as James Harden signed that one plus one, there was always that assumption that he would be an option moving forward in Houston. Harden's not winds up not being the guy, but they do get another point guard. So I have to think that they have that they gave Porter that contract with the understanding that we might go after another point guard at, at some point. So um, you, you just hope that he understands that and you hope that he uses this for a positive and sees the positive in it, because like we've both said, it's only going to help him moving forward and it's only going to put him in a position to be successful. I want to leave the audience with 
some traditional stats here. We're not going to complicate things with any advanced stats here in this moment. Just some traditional digestible stats to understand what's been added to the Rockets and why it was such a desperate need. Last season, the Toronto Raptors averaged the fewest turnovers per game. Okay, last season, the Toronto Raptors averaged the fewest turnovers per game. You know what the Rockets did? They were second to last, or, or I should say the second most turnovers per game. And the one that had the most turnovers per game, well, they're the Golden State Warriors. So unless you're going to go be the Golden State Warriors, okay, that would that would fix it, right? Just be Golden State and just be, just, I don't know, just become Steph Curry and, and you know, uh, one of the league-defining legacies in, in all of basketball history. Yeah, just, just do that. No. Being next to last in turnovers per game is normally indicative of what you are as a team. It's a bit of an anomaly with Golden State, and it bit them in the tail too, let's be clear, at, at various points. But the Rockets were next to last in turnovers per game, and they have now poached the point guard from the team that was – the best in turnovers per game had the fewest turnovers per game. So that's something that you can, um, you know, and again, aside from the three point shooting and everything else that we talked about. Okay. Moving Kevin Porter jr. All of that. That to me is value. Um, and I think Rockets fans should get excited. Don't, don't, don't think about the money. It's not yours. Don't think about the money because even for the team, it's not going to hurt them. The Rockets are not hurting because of this. They are helped because of this. So keep that in mind if this is something that is kind of rubbing you the wrong way, the idea of paying Fred Van Bleet $40-plus million. Your team just got better. And, and I'll close on this. Uh, we've talked a couple times now this week about how Memphis does not want to re-sign Dylan Brooks. Like, they know Dylan Brooks better than any team out there, and they don't want to re-sign him. Toronto knows Fred Van Vliet better than any team out there, and they tried to bring him back. They went, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't wind up going the full dollar route that the Rockets went, but they tried to bring him back. They forced the Rockets to have to tack on that extra year. That tells you what you need to know. The team that knew Fred Van Vliet the best tried to get him back. The Rockets just offered him more. So, if if it were the other way around, and the in the in the Raptors would have just you know wiped their hands of it then it's a different story. But the fact that Toronto wanted to bring him back tells you everything you need to know. All right, Adam, let's see how this weekend shakes out. See what else the Rockets are going to do with the remainder of this cap space, how this team is going to form itself or how Rafael Stone and M.A. Udoka are going to go about building this team and what options they have left. We will be following it. That's Adam Spillane. I'm Brandon Scott. This is the H-Town Hoops Podcast. Make sure you are subscribing, rating, reviewing, tell a friend. And until next time, y'all be good.